0: Amigos are we, brother
1: to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.
0: welcome to episode two of the Three Amigos FBL podcast ahead of the new Premier League season. I'm your host, Don, and I'm joined as always by my amiga Kylie and my amigo Mars. We're joined this week by our friend Neil Murray, who you should all know from his Twitter handle at Dino. And, of course, our Getting to Know You episode, which aired during the week, Rave Reviews. Um, it went down very well, Neil. So um, everyone enjoyed getting to know you. Uh, why don't you recap the listeners a little bit about yourself and maybe where they can find you on social media? You'll probably need to spell out your handle to
1: uh, to aid people getting to you. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Yeah, so Neil Murray, my Twitter handle is at Ronnie Audino. So like the... Ronaldinho, but with Neil instead of now. Um, I'm British originally, but live in Copenhagen, Denmark, I've been playing FBL for around 10 years. Um, had pretty much been playing, you know, with a couple of mates on a very seriously for a long time before discovering the Twitter community last season. Since then, I've been kind of sharing a lot of my thoughts on on how I play the game um, on Twitter, Few shocks in the Getting to Know You podcast recently. One that I like, grime. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's that's weird with with this this voice. Um, that, <laughs> but but Kylie still stole the show. So I will. I, but I, will, I won't go into that. Yeah, no. <laughs> we we we've been
0: trying I will to get her since.
2: No, hmm. no, we, uh... we don't want to ask about Ronald. We don't want to ask her if she knows who Ronaldinho is. Don't need more. Uh... Oh,
1: oh yeah, that's I, true. I do.
3: No, okay, I'm not not that bad. But my um my phone search history does include a little rundown of former Manchester United players just to, you know, because I did cop a lot of flack on that. Um, not my fault. I was like practically an infant at the time they were playing and certainly I still, not I still interested. remember the moment when I told you about Luke Chadwick and, and you
2: you Googled him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the reaction oh,
2: yeah.
0: was hilarious. Um, so Kylie, what is, uh, what is Gary Pallister up to these days anyway?
2: There
0: what?
3: <laughs> I just got oh, really
1: bad.
3: I just need to oh. make a statement here. OK. You okay. guys can talk about all of these past players, right? I don't need to know about them. They are not going to help me with my fantasy football team, and I'm not going to be able to help other people with their fantasy football teams through that knowledge. So I bring the youthful energy to this podcast.
0: Yeah, yes. well well said. That sounds like something you've written and uh, written down. Hey,
3: I so, work in marketing. I have this wonderful ability to spin whatever I want on a dime. Yeah. That's my core skill.
0: <laughs> so, folks, let's kick on with the rest of the show. Um, we've a lot to cover. So, um, Marzi, first of all, I want to hand the microphone over to you for your rant of the week. Um, I know mm, that yeah. you've been sounding a bit stressed and agitated this uh, week, so... So
2: I want you to nah, let, let nah, it I'm all out, good. okay, Maris? I've got one day working week, so I'm all good. I'm to, working tomorrow, then off. Um, yeah, look, there, there's a couple of things that really uh, annoy me. One thing is, um, and you know, it, it, each to their own, but people are saying, I want to have I, I don't want to have Kane as well as uh, S- S- Salah, or because or they don't rotate well, so I don't know who to captain. I want the points, and then I'll worry about the double points later. So I would be really happy and not upset if I have Salah and Kane and one gets me 22 points and the other gets me 11 points. I'll be really happy. I'll promise not to complain. I don't mm. really. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's one justification why people are yeah, not. make going promises to you can't keep, other. us. Well, you know, I'll try my best, but seriously, I want explosive players. So if, if that means I, I worry about their points, then I'll worry about the double points later on. The other thing that I wanted to say is something that we touched on on Twitter. We talked about with Neil and it's something that Neil said where he said I've I've, uh, kind of like uh, you know I I, I can't go back to KDB and I know he was just saying it in jest and he I also said I think it's the stats and his opinion of KDB that holds him back but when people say I can't go back on my word because people will tell me oh you said so honestly I, I I will never justify players that I pick or decisions that i make we all have our own reasoning for picking them but just because we talk on pods or we where people produce content i talk to a lot about this to tom from who got their sis because i think sometimes he's actually way too nice where he has to really say by the way don't take this every word by word make your own decisions we don't need to do that everybody understands that we are just people who are talking about again that we love we are going to make decisions and they're not always going to be right so I'm not going to just sit here and justify why I make a decision or say, oh, well, I said I'm not, never going to pick Dina and then I picked him. It's my team at the end of the day and I'll do what I want. Thank you very much.
3: You know Bye what, now. Miles, I have to say, yeah, um, the need now, it is getting a little bit ridiculous at times where people are having to almost put disclaimers or, or you know, qualify statements on Twitter. It's opinion based, you <coughs> it's know, crazy. Um, it's really crazy. I read,
2: I read, I read one of Tom's articles. You know, and the guys are putting out so much content. Everybody, right? More than us because we took a break over the summer. So I had a quick look, and I messaged Tom after. And I said, "Brilliant article, but my word, every paragraph you have to say, please don't take this word by word, or this is just my opinion." I'm like, we don't need, to, we shouldn't have to do that. Um, and it's just, it's crazy if people, you know, if anybody comes back and holds me, I'll just, you'll just see my, the laughing emoji from me, or, or the <laughs> shocked face emoji. Oh well, you know, <laughs> like seriously come on um but yeah anyway so that was it
0: oh no, I'm, go- I'm glad you got that off your chest Marz. i feel
2: much better now i feel much better i might have to go back and eat the lamb again i, I couldn't eat uh I was- neil,
0: <laughs> neil the podcast is basically uh mars's uh counseling session it, uh, it saves him a lot of money he um oh yeah he, uh, when he talks to us and he feels a lot better afterwards so it's good um but no good points anyway marzy um, let's folk, kick on, folks, with the, the main topic of the week. And um, like I said before, we were, we were basically discussing team f- um, structure on our, um, on our previous podcast with, uh, with our guest Adam Hopcroft um, but um, and how we'd like to set up our teams to be easily adaptable to breakout players and teams. Um, this week, I want to drill down more into the specific players we ourselves are selecting or avoiding in our early drafts. Um, Neil, as our guest tonight, why don't you lead us off with... Um, your strategy for those of our listeners who are yet to listen to the Getting to Know You episode?
1: Yes, so I think I'm going big at the back. Um, at the moment, that's the plan, is to actually start five defenders, and I mean pretty heavy defenders, so like 5.5 million and above. Um, right now, I've been I've been playing around with formations a little bit. Currently, I'm set on a 5-3-2. Um, I have been playing around with a 5-4-1 as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely a believer that the the kind of the value and the points are at the back of the pitch um, this year. So I think I will probably lead out with that. I think Lucas Moura actually is probably the I don't want to jump <clears throat> much into play as yeah. well. But Lucas Moura is probably the one that's making me kind of think, could I put an extra man in midfield? But probably I'm going to set up with five at the back.
0: Yeah, that was actually one that I was I had Mora in my draft up to last night, but um, but when I i decided then I brought in Trent because I wanted to see what that looks like um and go change to a kind of four four two formation, um so it's basically kind of a toss up between whether I play whether I have Trent or whether I have Mora in midfield and then just bring in some four point five like Din Donker or. Or um, maybe to a five mil midfielder or something like that. But the uh, but yeah, no, it's it's um, that's definitely seems to be the way people are going. I was the same way, and we were all I think looking at it. I don't know. Will I? I probably will end up just playing either three or four. At the back, I don't think I'll go five, but it definitely seems to be the talk of the Twitter community at the moment. Um, let's 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 kick on with the first um, the first position we're going to look at tonight, which is goalkeepers. Um, and Neil, come to you first on it. Uh, like uh, for me, I want to spend obviously we want to spend as little as possible on goalkeepers. Um, we've seen decent um, budget options kind of deliver well in the past um, and last season in particular. But in my own team, I've moved from Brighton's Ryan Hope to Watford's. Uh, Ben Foster, um, he's like 0.5, more expensive at the moment. What are you looking at now on your team as it is standing at the moment? Um, Who have you got between the sticks?
1: Yeah, well, I'm rather embarrassed to say that I still have Matt Ryan right now. Um, The main reason being is that I made the decision that I wanted a 4.5 keeper. Um, The only question for me was, was it 4.5 or was it Edison? And that was it. Like, no no one else I wanted to consider, 4.5 or Edison. Um, so I, I've decided I want to go 4.5. Um, the issue with that is a lot of the 4.5s aren't nailed on, but there's some good options. So there's Bournemouth, there's Burnley, there's Southampton. All of them have 4.5 potential, but no one really is 100% certain who looks set to be number one. I think mean, you could probably say that Gunn and Pope look favourites to be number one. Um, but it's not set in stone yet. So the reason why I'm with Ryan right now is Brighton actually have some pretty decent opening fixtures. My thesis around him is that I think that Potter is a more attacking manager than Houghton, but what that should mean, hopefully at least, is in the games that they do concede, there will be a lot of save points, and Ryan was a bit of a save points magnet a couple of years ago. So, I'm, I'm sitting on Ryan mainly for the certainty, mainly for the opening fixtures, but could definitely like, if we get, like, if Daish comes out and says Pope is number one, I think I could see myself going with him before the season starts. Nice one,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, listen, Neil, what about I'm, yourself, completely, I'm completely on the same track. What I was going to say with regards to Pope or Heaton, there's strong rumours that Heaton is going to Villa. So, I feel if you pick either, one of them will be the starter somewhere. Because I think if Heaton goes to Villa, he'll be the main man. I mean, um, uh, I've, I've been looking at, uh, at Villa as a team because just look Villa's defensive record before was not great until uh, actually what's his name Mings came along and now they've bought him again. So maybe they might be a little bit tighter. And actually, you know, being a promoted team, they might also be a bit tight. I know he's uh, tried to be a bit tighter at the back. Um, but I'm like you, I'm looking at a 4.5, and yes, it's and Pope, Heaton. These are the guys that kind of like interest me right now. It's nothing amazing out there. You're just hoping for shorts and the odd clean sheet here or there, to be honest. Um, you hope Burnley will be a little bit uh, back to their normal selves. Uh, but for me, yeah, I did look at, I don't know. I looked at at, at the others. I looked at Pickford. I looked at Alisson. I looked at um, Edison, like Neil. But for one reason or another, I decided that there are better, either better players at that club that I want um, outfield or... Uh, too much money for a keeper, and I decided to save the money.
0: And how about yourself, Kate?
3: Um, so I think basically in line with what the guys have been saying, the the debate for me has always been 4.5 keeper, namely um, the Burnley keepers, maybe or Edison. So um, I think it would be quite interesting if. Heaton did go to Villa because certainly for the first nine or so fixtures, um, Villa and Burnley rotate really nicely. So having two really good keepers in Pope and Heaton playing for different clubs, um, that could be a really good rotation there potentially. Um, I'm actually, I'm on Edison at the moment. I have the same challenge in that. I really, I've never started with a premium keeper, and, and certainly not one at six million, because it does feel so steep a uh, price to pay. I've always gone with rotation. Generally, I've always had the heartbreak of benching <laughs> the right keeper in a given game week for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I want City defence. Obviously, Laporte is seemingly the best option, um, but he's six point five. And so, for six million for Edison, there is the benefit of getting the only guaranteed defensive option there. Um, so he's in in the draft at the moment. Um, I he's the only premium one that I would consider though for that reason, because you then get the clean sheets. But. While you don't really get save points and so on, if you look at someone like Allison, who is the same price and will probably get the same amount of clean sheets, he doesn't have the upside. There's a very big difference in upside, I think, between the um, Liverpool keeper and, and the defenders versus the city keeper and their defenders. So mm. um, I wouldn't want to use a Liverpool slot on the keeper when they have such strong options in, in defence. So that's where i met at at the Anderson moment. Anderson loves an assist as well. He does, yeah. <laughs> he has really good distribution. So, you know, uh, he f- from the premium ones, he would be the one I'd pick. But I think there's given budget constraints everywhere, there's very just cause for going 4.5. I do yeah. think it's very suspect that we've some of these options like Fabianski and Foster, who would be traditional 4.5 keepers, and not for great defensive teams, despite their own merits, um, being five million versus the likes of Pope or Heaton. I get that there's confusion over Pope and Heaton and and, and who's first, uh, first choice, and that's probably reflected in in the 4.5 price tags for both but i just think that there's a, a difference in in potential output for a burnley keeper versus some of these other options if they can show what we've seen from them in the past
2: yeah and just just one last point um with the money and the budget and everything being really tight and every point five matters in, for me anyway i'm going with a 4.5 and a, and a fodder Probably Ryan and his backup. And I see, if you look at the percentage of the keepers right now being bought, uh, Button is actually one of the highest. It's yeah, quite he funny. Is. He's like third or fourth in the list. And I think it's because people are just picking a four, um, you know, a four that is second but have, has played.
0: Yeah, so, they're looking at him because he had some appearance points last season. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because, you know, if, if Ryan, and that's why sometimes when I pick a 4.5 and he has a four deputy, I would pick them. especially from a team that I'm not picking other players from because you don't want to lose a slot. Because if they do do get injured, you know you're going to have a playing keeper.
3: Yeah, it's the king and air strategy, as I've heard it referenced before. But just
0: bear in mind, of course, that if you do have a high-owned backup and he loses a lot of ownership, you could lose a bit of value on him um, in terms of your team value. But but I know that's not a a massive concern.
2: Yeah, nobody's going to start selling their second keeper because he's not playing because nobody's buying Button to be their first keeper they know he's not starting but I agree with you it's something you have to watch but I can't see it happening uh, that it did happen selling.
0: last season with Stecklenburg mm. as far as I recall though. no and,
2: I had uh, Stecklenburg the whole season he never went down
3: I have had that happen to me to be honest um before with a 4.0 Maybe. keeper you assume it would happen with the like four million defenders who are not playing obviously because then they're they're spots that people might move but it, it strangely enough does happen with the keepers as well and you would just wouldn't think that people would waste no, the transfer
0: you wouldn't um folks we move on to defenders um because uh goalkeepers are of course the most boring of positions uh-huh. in, in FPL but uh, the defenders uh, this is the talk of the community of course as Neil mentioned earlier on is going big at the back so uh, for the value that it brings um, as I mentioned though my later drafts are reverting to m- getting more um, value options I guess and putting more into my midfield and definitely I think the performances of yang and uh, Kane in the preseason is kind of making me doubt somewhat my, uh, my strategy of going slightly less up top but um, in terms of the defenders, um, Maris, come to you first on it. What's what's your draft looking like at the moment? How many kind of premiums have you got in there? And um, have you gone sure. for like a double double Liverpool um, in there? Yes. Yeah.
2: So I'm I'm planning to play four at the back. Uh, I'm I'm uh, well. Actually, what I said on Twitter is I'm playing two six two. Ignore the ignore ignore the rules. Playing two six two or mm-hmm. or one or one one. One seven two, whatever, because I'm going with wing-backs. I see them more as midfielders. Uh, but yeah, I, I plan to have four at the back. And I'm going big, as in I'm going for where, uh, premium players that I think will deliver an assist and clean sheets. Okay, so at the moment, look, it, it's not really rocket science. Liverpool and City are two of the best teams at, at getting you clean sheets, plus assists. We've seen that. And goals, right? So I've got, um, right now, I've got Trent and Van Dijk. Really it's Van Dyke is the security if Trent doesn't play, so I don't lose a clean sheet, right? Because I did have Robertson and Trent, but, we, you know, we talked about money. Every point five counts. Van Dyke is probably just as solid, and I expect more goals from him this season as well. Um, I don't know if, I, you know, my heart wants uh, Robo. I love him. But my head is saying Trent set pieces, more goals, more crosses, more assists. Uh, even though actually Robinson got um, more points last season. But we need to remember, Trent was a kid last season. It was it, probably his first season that played. Uh, I think he ended up on in the league around 25, 27. Didn't play all of them. I, I, I see him, I'm going to sound like a proud father. He's grown into a man now. And I see him making that right back his position. Now, does that mean he's going to play every game? Probably not. Will he play every important game for Liverpool? 99% certain he will. Um, you, as the se- at near the end of the season, he played a lot. He became a key player, and I expect him to do more. Robertson, on the other hand, right now does not have a backup, but because of that, he could even be more rested in the smaller games where we um, where you could play a Milner or, or somebody else. Of course, there's Gomes that could come in for Trent quickly to to move on to City. Uh, I want a City defender. I would love Laporte, but he's too expensive when you have somebody like Kyle Walker, who's 0.5. And with those 0.5, like I said, you can save more money. I've seen uh, a lot of talk about Zinchenko, and I can see why he's become one, um, you know, more reliable for Pep. However, there's news today that Mendy's not that injured and he should be back at the beginning. They have three left-backs and one right-back. So do I see Walker playing more probably that I like it's more of having a city spot. And then that, my last spot is, is Dean Dinia Deen, from Everton. Again, set pieces, assists, goals, fixtures for Everton right now. We, all we can go by is what, we've, what we know about the players and the fixtures. And Everton's fixtures look really good. And then my, my last defender is a four-defender uh, right now. Um, it could be anybody. Uh, probably Gibson, Kelly, even Rico Kelly, from yeah. Um Any of those. And then when I... See a pattern of a forward defender If it emerges one that has become a biscuit From last season I'll just swap to him And I'm hoping that my fifth defender I don't have to rely on So that's, that's my strategy
0: So Neil, to come to you um, As we mentioned We are all looking at our premium um, Defenders options um, But a lot of people are talking Double, triple Liverpool Um, Do you think, is that, like Liverpool defence obviously last season was fantastic, but we don't know whether or not they're going to replicate that kind of form again this season, but do you think, is there a little bit of a shortage of other premium nailed attacking um, defenders, you know, like we would have looked at in the past, whether it's the Chelsea guys or the Man United guys, that maybe don't look as nailed on, and maybe as as good teams that they're playing for, um, that people are more directing their attention towards Liverpool. And if you were, when you're finished with that, if you don't mind, you can give us your breakdown of how you're looking at the moment at the defender position.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point, and it, it ties into to what I'm setting up as as well. So I think that the way that I like to look at it, I think that for me, Alexander Arnold and and Robertson, they are they are so good at. Attacking and their assists that they recorded last season are just off the scale. So, like, to be honest, I don't even care if they play for the same team or a different team. I don't even think about, oh, have I got double Liverpool defense? It's great they played for a team which has a great chance of keeping clean sheets and they're also very attacking players. So, like, I I honestly don't stress too much about it. When I start to look at like Dinia and Coleman and I'm considering that, then on a team which is a bit more defensively weaker, then I start to think, do I really want to be relying on Neverton clean sheet? Because they don't have quite the attacking threat and they don't have quite the defensive capabilities of Liverpool either. But yeah, no, I I think it definitely plays into this because for me, the hardest part of playing five at the back is I'm actually struggling on the fifth option. The fifth option feels like a punt, complete punt. But I do think that there's a lot of Options available for that, but there's certainly not these like nailed-on five that you've got to have. Like, so my setup is TAA. I honestly like. I think PPG points per game is one of my favourite stats uh in the game. And Mars touched on it as well. Like, uh, if he wasn't injured last season, I mean, he would have actually outscored Robertson. I think being on set pieces as well, I really feel like definitely will play in the most important Liverpool games. I think he's genuinely, and I'm not a Liverpool fan by any stretch of the imagination, I think he's one of the best right-backs in the world already, like I truly believe that um, so I think TAA is for me, first name of my team sheet I would have paid 8 million for him like I, I really think he's that valuable as an FPL asset, so for me I've got TAA Robertson um, and then I've got Dinia I think he's going to have a great season, and then I did have Laporte, but I am one of the ones that's now switched to Zinchenko not just because he's a million cheaper but because for me Laporte He's not attacking enough. Actually, the 6.5. I know City are going to get a load of clean sheets, but if I really wanted to go for their clean sheets, then I'd just pay a bit more. Well, pay a bit less, but pay a bit more for my goalkeeper and get Edison. Whereas actually Laporte, a lot of his attacking returns were a bit lucky last season, especially some of the assists were like a, like a one meter side pass, uh, like especially like Company's goal that he hammered in. So uh, Laporte probably isn't attacking enough for me, so I'm not that keen on him as a as an option so zinchenko has presented himself i'm very happy to jump on that ultimately i think if he doesn't start so what like we're going to have one playing one at least playing option off the bench so if you're not going to take a risk on like a seed defender who you're going to take a risk on um so i'm happy to to have him in my team and yeah that fifth spot up for grabs i'm like i've put like five six different people in it i definitely think it's kind of like the 5.5 option pva chill well a Coleman, if you double up, you know one of the Chelsea boys. Maybe if you want to play, pay a bit extra. I'm even, um, I'm even considering uh, kalasinac the Arsenal left back. I mm. think I've murdered that, but he has a couple Uh-oh. of easy, couple of uh, games <laughs> to pin in, So like, I'm also looking at him.
2: And I think over the season, Neil, you will have there will be a four point five that emerges, and then you can jump on them. Right? like Fredericks from West Ham, I have my eyes on him. You've got players from the promoted teams that, you know, we need to find that, the Doherty or the Biscuit from last season, right? Um, so, like you said, you can start with, with, with strong four or, or on and have the fifth as a punt until you see a pattern of teams, of players that we don't know about that suddenly emerge, like a Taylor yeah. from Burnley or something like that.
0: And, uh, Kylie, I'm going to come to you uh, in a second. But one thing I want to just ask, Neil, um, if you are going with the five at the back, what kind of amount are you budgeting for, say, that fifth defender? Who, like, is, is for instance, someone looking at a Brighton defender, like whether it's um, Dunk or uh, Duffy? Duffy, I think, is five mil this, this season. Is, like, is he worthy of, um, you know, if, if you do want to go five, how much would you really be wanting to spend on that player?
1: I, I think 5.5 is my minimum. Like, serious, mm. like 5.5 is my minimum for the fifth defender. I, yeah. I think, I, I think Aki is actually quite interesting at 5 mil. I think he has a decent attacking threat. Um, Bournemouth have some good opening fixtures, but like, they can't really be trusted defensively. I think Bolly as well at Wolves, like, interesting, but. For me I like at five point five there's like van anhold, Han- Chilwell, like then you actually move up to a completely different class. I think Mars has a good point about like the four point fives Someone is going to emerge, but I think from the beginning, like i uh, I know we're going to midfielders in a, in a second and, and even strikers right now, there's more interesting options, even at strikers at four point five me than defenders uh, as it stands, so like Mars says, I, I don't really want to like go there yet but I might end up going there eventually and hopefully there will be a Doherty right that emerges but I uh, right now I couldn't call in at all yeah um, Kylie how about yourself um, how are you looking at
0: the moment and like are you obviously joining in the TAA uh, loving
3: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I said it on our opening podcast um with Adam when we talked about Robertson and, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. I can't really see much argument against Trent. I think that his attacking returns were phenomenal last season. 14 assists and and a goal, I think it was. Um given that he missed a fair few games and it really was his first season to kind of bed into that role. I think there's a lot of upside to him and I mean him and Robertson. I I think there's no argument if you're looking at Trent or Robertson or Van Dyke or a combination of, of those, not necessarily all three. I think three is a bit excessive from my perspective, Um, but I can understand why a lot of people are doubling up and why you would be looking at those players. So yes, definitely. Um, I also really I I mean I have weighed this up if I went a 4.5 would I have a a, a, you know a walker in or something but if I went Edison then I would not be doubling up on city defence and so I've looked at Coleman as the slightly cheaper option to uh, Dignier, Mr or Monsieur Lucas, who has given me so much anxiety (laughs) <laughs> over the last 12 months, you have history, and, yeah, you have history, Oh, we you have we have we we have a lot of history. What's with me and the Frenchman? What can I say? <laughs> um, no, he, there were so many highs and lows with him. Um, if Everton can continue to be strong defensively, and and there are some concerns over that with Zuma, but um, if they can continue to be strong defensively, they certainly have the fixtures for it. So I think that there is a just case to be going for one of those players. Coleman is obviously a bit cheaper. I think there's, from my view, more upside with Dinier, but um, it may come down to budgetary reasons. And I also have the same challenge of this kind of 5.5 slot because there are a lot of players who would have been historically very trustworthy um, or from trustworthy teams in, at that price range. So, you know, you have Sp- all of the Spurs defenders are at 5.5. You've a number of Manchester United defenders. You have, um, obviously, if you don't already have Coleman, you have Coleman, um, Chilwell, and all of these kind of guys. So there should be a huge amount of, of choice there uh, and really attractive choices. Um but it's very hard to nail down which one. I, I like the idea of a Spurs defender, given their early fixtures aside from the City match. If, But it would be a case of hoping that they improve defensively. Historically, they have been very lucrative source of points for many of us, um, not so much last season. But I'd probably be looking at one of them if I was trying to add someone in that was a little left of centre, given the current um, you know popularity we're seeing an outside of a city or a liverpool option
0: yeah and of course the, one of the difficulties with the spurs guys is um is who'll kind of fill the gap left by trippier um yeah. but but uh, but their wing backs have always been they've been a, a source of of trouble for us for quite a Rotation. while with predicting yeah. predicting yeah. Posh would pick
2: on on the spurs one just quickly with trippier going and i believe Aurier was injured in the African Nations and he injured his arm. I don't know how yeah. long he'll be out for, but he's not back yet. So if you're doing an early wild card and deliberately doing an early wild card, Kyle Walker-Peters could be could an option. Could be an option, yeah. Absolutely. But that's obviously, again, for me, Spurs, there are teams that I'm... Watching, want to see what they do. One of them is Spurs. Who plays? Who plays readily? How settled are they at the back? Same with United, with the changes that they have. Maguire comes in, and just because of what happened with United last year, how how De Gea was, they were not the team that used to be defensively. But this could all change. Uh, right. Apparently, from what I'm seeing, they could they could they they look good and fresh in pre season. But I mean, few few losses, and then you go back to to your usual self, right? Um, mm-hmm. or, or if things don't go certain players' ways and they don't leave or, or I don't know, something happens. Yeah. Well, and I then if you, is, it...
3: Sorry, on, I was go, just going to say, I think this is the interesting thing about this season is that outside of the top, you know, usually we talk about the top six and have a degree of certainty around those teams, um, This year, we have the top two that we feel very confident in, Liverpool and City. And then when we've got Chelsea and Arsenal and Spurs and Manchester United, there are a lot of differing questions that we have about these teams, about their players, about the form that they were in, um, what they're going to look like, what they're going to do. So I think there's a lot more questions around those than we historically would have had. Mm. And so that makes it a bit challenging when we're looking at this kind of price point.
0: And uh, yeah. Yeah. personnel as well, of course. A lot of there, a lot of yeah. seem to be a lot of shifting around and not really knowing who's going to be playing <laughs> where. But um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely one. The defenders is one to, we'll have to be keeping our eye on. Uh, yeah, we just
2: uh, Don. Just before, just one last point with something that I've seen a lot on Twitter, where is the mm-hmm. people who don't want to spend on defenders arguing with the people's who with the people who do, and basically saying, no, "Oh, uh, you could lose a clean sheet uh, very quickly. It's all about." Um, uh, players you know um, players who uh, explosive etc understand that but what you need to realise is if you go in for three, for example let's say 3-4-3 three, three, and you go in with a 5.5 midfielder do you look at the 5.5 midfielders and tell me that the 5.5 defenders or above or spending a little bit more on defenders does not give you that more assist ball, goal threat etc so that's why sometimes people are spending more money at the back because wing backs like Robertson Trent, Dinier are delivering more than Midfielders even slightly higher than what they cost, and that's why sometimes people are going with more defenders or spending more on
1: defenders. Actually, I'd like to say so. Like one, of, like one of the interesting things that I find about like a criticism of playing five at the back, right, is like kind of what Mar said. It's like he's playing like two at the back because everyone is wing backs, right? They're attacking players. But a big criticism is. Oh, it's really boring playing five at the back. Oh, FPL is about having fun. Like, you shouldn't just be, like, willing on, like, not losing a clean sheet. But, like, I'm sorry, I must have missed the memo when attacking, goal-scoring, assist-machine mm. defenders were... Yeah, yeah. Be boring right like when did they become boring I mean they're the most exciting thing in the game so like I really don't buy into like the all oh, five at the back is a boring strategy because and
3: it's far from conservative as well it's I would think it's it's riskier um with you know you've kind of got like no risk no reward you know yes there could be a huge swing in your points But we've seen time and again – I mean, look at double game weeks, right? The highest scorer for, like, every double game week I can remember was a defender because they have so many avenues to points. So you're kind of just giving yourself a wider opportunity if you can pull it off effectively. Yeah.
0: Great stuff. Great points. Um, let's move on to the midfielders, folks. Um the first two names on my team sheet this season were Sala and Sterling and they haven't moved regardless of all the chopping and changing around them. The likes of Perez, Zaha, K D B or Bernardo Silva, indeed, um Lucas Mora, et etc have rotated in and out of my midfield. But um who do you currently have in your midfield area? Um I'll come to you first on this, Neil. What's um you're are you with the uh, Sterling and Salah double up like me?
1: Yeah, I am. I am. And I'm not going to change from it. I think that those two will score the most points in the game this season. Um, I actually kind of fancy Sterling for the golden boot, actually. Maybe a bit more controversial. Um, So, yeah, for me, Salah and Sterling are completely locked in my team. First two names on my team sheet, you know, they rotate quite well as captains. I don't think it's like, actually, everyone says they rotate so well. I actually disagree with that. I don't think they're, like, great rotation options for the captaincy. I think they're pretty decent options for the captaincy. But, hey, they're Salah and Sterling. So, like, what do I care anyway, right? Like, I'm just going to back whoever has the best fixture. So, I guess in that sense, yeah, they're great options because they're always great options. Um, Other than that, I only have one extra starting midfielder. And that's uh, Siggy. So I'm I'm backing him to do the business. I think, uh, yeah, $8 million is a decent price. I, I really like Richarlison as well. But I think Siggy on set pieces and penalties, hopefully. Uh, he doesn't have the best record on penalties. But Everton have great opening fixtures, as we talked about. I think he is a player that I really, really want in my team. Um, he's pretty much locked in. I think I can't see myself getting away from him. Um, and then, yeah, right now I'm set up as free in midfield i i might change that i'm really tempted by um perez i'm really tempted by mora um so i i might end up going with four but it's free as it stands also quite like david brooks as well but yeah free as it stands then i have two 4.5s and that's den and romeo uh from southampton i think den is like an amazing option of 4.5 he actually has way more goal threat than than I originally realized if you look at his stats, he even scored a couple last season. Um, so as a first playing sub, like like I said about Zinchenko, if Zinchenko doesn't play a game. I'm happy for Dendonka to be coming off my bench. Um, so that's my setup right now. I've got two massive premiums, an 8 mil and a couple of 4.5s.
3: Yeah, that's quite well. that's quite similar to to mine actually. I, I think most of us are, are you know, seller in sterling and and they won't be moving. It's never even occurred to me to shift either of those on, um, for better or for worse. But for all of the reasons that you just said, Neil, they they're locked in. I also have Siggy in this draft, though. I think that there is definitely a case for starting with Rachelison. They're at the same price. No, I don't think, based on history, that Rich Allison is a good long-term option. I think Siggy is a superb long-term option. But let's be honest: none of us keep someone in for the long term in that kind of a, a position or at that price point. We do tend to change them around. Um, and if Rich Allison plays to, you know, on to, to his historical trends, then he might come out of the gates firing again, and then sort of drift off. Um, towards the latter part of the season, which means it might actually be a good move to start with him and then kind of revert to to Siggy. But for the fact that Siggy is on set pieces and various other things, and he's just he has that pedigree in the Premier League. He's he's hard to look by with with those fixtures. Um, I also have so in this draft I'm three five two, so Salah, Sterling, Siggy. And I have Tillemans in there as uh Zaha and Tillemans in there. Now, what I would say is Zaha is in there as a price point, more so than anything. There's still a lot of questions over where Zaha would be. Um if he stays with Crystal Palace, I think he's an attractive option because he does consistently perform there. And he's more attractive now, being that he's back to a midfielder. But there are options around that price point um, that he could change to a slightly higher or a slightly lower. Again, the likes of Brooks or, or Mora could come in there. And the, the cheapest one is, um, or the, the fifth midfielder there, is Tillemans. Now, obviously, Leicester City is a rich source of options um, with Perez at the same price. And then we have Madison slightly higher. I've popped Tillemans in because... I really like him. I thought he was superb last year. Yes, he may have overperformed, but he slotted in really well with that team. And to be honest, I just had a really good experience with him. So I think there's not a lot to pick from. They've all three of them done well, though Perez is obviously joining from uh, Newcastle. But I would think that, that, you know, joining a Leicester team would probably be a better fit for him. Um, And I'm just not, Totally in love with Madison. So Telemans is, is the one in there. And I, I think historically speaking, I would usually go for um, a, a fairly cheap, maybe a 5 to 5.5 option in midfield that I think has really good potential. Um, to deliver well, and sometimes that works. You know, Mares in what was it, 2015, 16, um, was an example. And sometimes it just crashes and burns. And um, this year, I think it's hard to find the attractive option for me with such limited data on the people who are in that price range. So I feel like it's a case of either. Going up to the 6.5 option or going down to a den Donker at 4.5, and then, you know, not playing that person and, and maybe playing four at the back instead.
0: Marzi, how about yourself?
3: Uh, yeah, uh, so I'm going with three at
2: the moment um, Salah Sterling. Um, I don't need to, the guys have explained everything. Salah is the only one who has not moved. I'm not saying he's essential, I'm saying you need a Liverpool attacker. And I think for me right now, he's the best. Mane could come back and absolutely smash it he matched him uh, pretty much matched him last last season but he won't I don't think he will start the season I think he will have some time off potentially Divock
0: Divock will be on he'll start the season I reckon
2: Good God well, listen as much as I love him um uh, you can't rely on him over a sustained period and not we'll every see game we'll is gonna, see, not every game is going to be a Barcelona <laughs> seventy five yeah. take you to the champions league right yeah, yeah
0: you'll have to play against uh, like the tough the tougher teams you know he, he had a soft he had a nice and easy against Barcelona oh
2: some play some players are just not as motivated I'm not, listen I, I of course listen, the guy got us number six, got us there, Etc love him i just yeah hey, as a striker at five point five absolutely why not? In, he will probably score as much, if not more, than any of the other five point fives right now. But if you talk, I'm talking about.
1: Liverpool anyway,
2: we're, from, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm getting yeah, you off points. I'm no, just talking about yeah. my boy Marzi. Yeah, yes, yeah. I know, I know. Of course, he, he's your son after all. Um, mm. So uh, yeah, so I, uh, Salah has not moved. I looked at swapping Sterling with KDB with Silva, Bilva, uh, the Bernardo. I did not like it. It, 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 it. At one stage, right now, it's Sterling and King or Wilson and KDB. I don't know. I You know, I can see why Wilson is attractive for a lot of people. So, don't I downgrade Sterling, though? Do I, I mean, I agree with Neil. I think Sterling is going to smash it. He burnt me so much last year uh, that I think I'm just going to go with him. I'm going to go with the common with, with the common sense and go with the best players to start with anyway. The ones that I think will, will hit the ground running. And then the good thing about these two, if you want to downgrade, it's easy to go down. Uh, my third one right now is Telemans, but it's more of a price point. So I, I like Perez because basically he's a striker um, listed as a midfielder. So it's brilliant uh, if he if he starts or if I see in the preseason that he's do um, I see that he didn't play yesterday. I think he had an injury, but let's see. He's a new player, etc. Um, if I want to if I realize that I need to go up, I can always downgrade one of my defenders right to go to seven seven and a half. Now the way I'm playing is it's going to be four defenders, three midfielders. And two and two uh, forwards. Now, if you're good at math, that's nine. And plus a keeper, that's ten. My 11th player is going to be any of my bench fodders that will play that week. So, it's either De- uh, my, right now, then Donka. And I can't even remember his name. It's a Norwich guy that I heard he's good. <laughs> this is how much I've put into it. Um,
0: <laughs> Goldrick, no, is it? No, he...
2: Leitner. Leitner from Norwich. Apparently, he's oh, doing yeah. really well in pre-season. Apparently, he has goals in him. So he's 4.5. He's sitting on my bench. Right now, actually, Gibson is starting in the first game uh, as, as the fifth defender. But what I'm saying is I've got 10 players that I really, really like. Oh, OK. Forget the keeper. Nine players that I really, really like. Explosive. <laughs> well, once the keeper is the keeper. You know, I like the keeper. So, yeah. But he's not going to get you that many points unless he saves penalties.
3: Renegade stuff, Marzi. Yeah. So I have not. This is almost as this cooking.
0: is almost as good as um, Neil's uh, Neil's revolutionary um, forget the goalkeeper. Yeah. forget the goalkeeper. It does, yeah.
3: it does remind me of that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, let me finish my point. Thank you very much. So at um, each week, I will just rely on either my four defender, or as the season goes along, uh, I see a four defender that a four mil defender that's playing regularly, then I put him in. Uh, then Donka, I can. I'm, I'm confident that he, will, if he doesn't start, he will come on in most games. So he could be my fourth defender, uh, sorry midfielder. And then hopefully again, two three games, you see a 4.5, you know, could be Greenwood starts well. I saw your t- Twitter post, Don. I see why you did it. I think you're also trying to wind up the United fans. But actually, he's having a good start. And if Lukaku's injured or doesn't doesn't play or, or leaves, they only really have Rashford as a striker because Martial will play on the wing.
0: So, you better actually tell the people who I was talking about, Mars, in case anyone isn't following me at the Marple of the Curse.
2: Yeah, Mason Greenwood as a, as a 4.5, and he's scoring. You know, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see where Ryan Brewster comes in, but again, he will be further down. Uh, but people like, again, we've got people like Connor Wickham, uh, 4.5, things like that. So for me, um, back onto midfield, what I'm trying to say is I have three midfielders. And the fourth will be Dendonka, but if he doesn't play, I will rely on my other two fodders to come in and play. I'm not focusing too much time on it. Nice one.
0: The, uh, you know, it, it's the same, same as that now. I'm, I'm actually, with after listening to Neil there, I'm debating to kind of, because I think I have probably, I've invested a lot in my midfield, but um, I'm debating whether or not to, um, to, to Invest a little bit more upfront, um, and with Harry Kane at 11 million last season, that would have sounded very, very nice. And same as Aubameyang, but um, let's let's move on to the forwards anyway, and we'll we'll touch on all those. Um, the value forwards have become a bit of a common theme in recent seasons, with uh, with budget options delivering big. Um, having toyed with the one up top formation featuring uh, Aubameyang or Kane and two 4.5s, um, I personally reverted to Wilson, Yata, and and Wickham as my bench option. Um, however, I am wary, and I do admit that uh, that it could give me um, the inflexibility if I do want to move to Kane, Aguero, um, or Aubameyang later on. Um, Kylie, come to you first on the forwards. Um, who do you currently have in your um, in your draft team? Uh,
3: currently, I have uh, King and Jota and Wickham, right? Um, I find that this year now they would be very loose, and I think there's a few at that price point, so it's kind of a rotating door situation. Um, I just think that there are so the the avenue to points it's so much more limited for forwards. So our expectations of them delivering requires that they really hit the high notes with goals. Obviously, historically we've seen um, this done. Aubameyang got uh joint golden boot last year and, and Kane used to get it um but then when we have the likes of Salah and Sterling you know I I just to be able to have them and to have a strong defense and have other strong midfielders there needs to be sacrifices and if you look at your squad outside of goalkeepers the reality is that you just get less points for for forwards and To secure those really high numbers of goals, you have to go premium. So I'm just not sure that for me, the cost is justifiable. That doesn't mean that I won't be crying if Harry Kane gets a hat trick against Aston Villa and I have to rip apart a team to try and bring him in. But I'm hoping I can stick to my convictions a little bit this year. I just think that's what a wild card is for (laughs) if I need to change everything, but I'm finding it really, I think that the highest that I would stretch to there is uh, a Wilson or a Vardy. I don't think that I would go above that because I just am really struggling to see how that value compares to the value, but also the points potential across the park that I Mm. can get if I spread those funds across defence and midfield.
0: Um, the one thing is, because it's very good points, I mean, Wilson, Wilson's price, um, it, it looks great for, because he only played 21 games last season. Yeah. um and but when he does play he he does seem to bang them in like a premium forward um but um one thing that I wanted to do will come to who' am I up next uh maybe I'll come to Neil next on this but um one thing when I was actually looking at King versus Wilson they pay pretty much the same amount of of minutes um last season um they'd played 20 21 games basically um each of them did um and they ended up on like eight nine ten goals um each so they were very very similar in terms of their shots on target everything like that but the price difference between 6.5 and that 8 million is quite nice how are you what are you thinking of the bournemouth forwards and how is your forward line lining up um have you got any premiums in there or are you doing as kylie is and kind of have that eight nine million as your kind of upper limit
1: yeah, right now, like my upper limit is eight mil, and it is Wilson. Um, I've moved from King to him actually before the the preseason games. Um, but still, that that definitely uh, impacted uh, my thinking as well, mm. But like, I, I, I really think that the the problem I had last season was I always had the wrong one at the like the wrong time. Like uh, when I had King, Wilson was scoring. When I had Wilson, King was scoring. I could never get it right. Um, And I I probably expect that to continue this year. Um, I think King's 1.5 mil saving and penalties, like, it really does make a great case for him. But, you know, I made the confession on the the Getting to Know You podcast that I didn't really watch. um, Oh, actually, I I didn't make the confession on there, but I made it before that I didn't watch uh, a lot of football in the first half of last season. Um, but actually, one of the, the the areas where the eye test has made an impact on my FPL decisions is probably in Wilson against King. Like when I watched Bournemouth last year, w- Wilson was like, he, it looked like he had so many chances and I barely noticed King in a game. So for me, like Wilson really passes the eye test when you watch Bournemouth. And I just really feel like, you know, when he gets when he gets in a streak, he really does score some goals like so for me I'm, I'm happy to pay the eight mil it also gives you that flexibility right so you only need to find another mil to go to Vardy if you need to so there's also that for me that plays a big part of it that i have eight mil on a striker now rather than having my you know highest value striker at 6.5 that really is like a severe lack of flexibility which is i don't, I don't really want to set up with so i think i'm happy to pay the extra 1.5 for added flexibility and I just think, like, he's going to continue in the same way that he ended last season and and, and, and score a few, especially in those first two game weeks. Um, and then who I've got next to him is a 6.5. I actually currently have Feu, um, which is kind of against everything else that I do in my team. So where I'm picking defenders who are midfielders um, and midfielders who are strikers, I'm now picking a striker who's a midfielder. Um, So my, well, he's been playing more up front uh, at the end of the season, but it still kind of feels a bit weird for me. Um, But I really feel like Delafeo, I think Watford have a great run of fixtures. I think they're actually better in reality than they look like on paper. Um, And Watford typically start the season quite strongly. Um, I saw someone share a stat today where like outside of the top six, Watford uh, won uh, like seventh in terms of who started the strongest each year for the last three seasons. Uh, And Delafeo was in great form at the end of it. Um, so I expect him to, to do well, actually. So I've gone for Telefeo also because I don't think too many people have him. Uh, and yeah, my 4.5 is currently Greenwood. Um, it could change to Wickham. I, I'm monitoring both. I'd actually just go for whoever gets the most minutes. Um, so even if Greenwood is like banging him in, if Wickham is getting more minutes in preseason, I'll probably go for Wickham.
0: Yeah, the Wickham thing that, uh, as Mara has mentioned, here, Ron, I did a little tweet. It was a little bit of a joke at, at um, with Man United fans getting all over excited with the preseason. But um, part of the thing with uh, with with a four point five, a young a young uh, forward like that shines in the preseason. Oftentimes, it can be a little bit of one of those kind of um, one. It's a bit of a trap because you get caught thinking that he's going to. Um, that he he could be explosive, he could look great, but if he's not actually getting the playing time, then you can't really rely on him. You're never going to really put him in your starting lineup, and even if he does come off, it'll it'll likely be for a one pointer. But it's at four point five. I mean, if you're going to just punt on the position, um, I probably just prefer just to have a player that I know will start week in week out, and even if it's only a two point return. It's yeah. um it's it's better. But but I I fully understand. I love I love in the preseason seeing explosive young players coming through, whether it's at our club, Liverpool, or or at Newcastle, um or at Man United. But uh but yeah, that that's my thoughts on that. Um Marzi, how how about yourself?
2: <clears throat> yeah, the only difference with Greenwood, I just want to say that Sorsha came out and said he will get more minutes, he will play and he could even start against Chelsea now sosha could be playing uh, mind games with Lukaku or with us or whatever but I don't see why he would say that. Oh, obviously and also he can say that because he wants him to feel better and keep giving everything I can see him starting but not, not, not then, then, then then, controlling his minutes Let, let's put it that way mm. especially if he continues to do well whereas with <clears throat> similar with uh, Wickham at, uh, Palace at the moment it's only really Benteke so there's not much options right, uh, there um, that, that and and to be honest, Palace have been absolutely awful in pre season, losing games, conceding goals. So I'm, I'm trying. I might just stay away from them fully. But as for the strikers, I am. i go, I've got uh, Kane and King. Um, both are placeholders right now. Um, even though Kane did score a crazy goal, but it, let's remember it's pre season and just like we don't get excited about unknown players doing well, let's not get too excited about um, a striker scoring a goal. Yeah, it was from halfway line. Um, I, need, I want um, a premium forward. And right now, it's Kane because of the fixtures. Kane, Aguero, Aubameyang will get 20 goals plus. So really, if you go with one of them the whole season, they will deliver. If you, uh, what you, the best time is to, to jump on each of them when, when they have that, that, that run. Um, they're also very captainable right? In, in any, against whoever they play. Um, I don't care for Aguero's away stats. He will still score. He's still capable of scoring a hat trick. So is Kane and uh, Aubameyang was scoring coming off the bench. And let's let's be honest. Arsenal also have a good uh, set of fixtures, especially starting in Newcastle, where there's so many issues right now. So you could see those players that bang in the first game the first game week. But I don't want just a player that because they have one good fixture. But these guys do have some good fixtures. And right now it is on Kane, but it could easily be uh, Aubameyang. It could be. Um, Aguero, where, I, where then I will probably lose Sterling or find that, find that million somewhere. Most likely, if I go with Aguero, I might then go with KDB instead of Sterling because I feel like it's either or for Aguero or Sterling just for the rest of my team. Um, and King is because, it, again, 6.5, there's quite a few options. I completely agree with Delefeo uh, and his run of fixtures. Even Dini, to be honest, with their run of fixtures, starting with Brighton. they've got Brighton have got a new manager. Are they going to be ready? I don't know. Even though I have their keeper, hope he makes saves, etc. Um, and then, if I need to move, I can find money somewhere else. But right now, I need the million, the one and a half that King gives me over Wilson, and I'm hoping that King King on pens um, to to spend somewhere else. Uh, but if I need to change it around, uh, I could the one the one area, for example, for me is I I really wanted Siggy, but right now I can't fit him in. But if he if he if Everton do hit the ground running because last year they had also good fixtures, and they did nothing so if if he does, then I could maybe even downgrade and play a a four five one and just have one premium forward up front and my third one is at the moment is Greenwood, but it could be any four point five that emerges so for me i 'm going four four two and having Kane allows me to have any of the premium forwards. I want explosive players I want players that i that play for the big clubs who I know will score a lot of goals um and I just I just like, like my forwards, so that's why. Nice yeah, generous. there's
3: just one thing, quickly interesting here is, you know, and we've all kind of touched on it with some of the variety there. There are very clear price points in. Um, Strikers in particular. So obviously you have that premium level, which is sort of this 11 to to 12 with Kane, Aubameyang and Aguero. Um, You do have Wilson and Vardy, who are kind of the only ones in that middle ground. I know there's Rashford, right? But uh, many like myself aren't really looking at him as an option. And then you do have that 6.5. And there is a lot of options at that price point. So it's very plausible that we'll all pick the wrong one whether it's King, De La Feu, Dini, um, there's the guys from Burnley so there are a lot of options there so if you kind of feel like you get it wrong early you do have the scope to move those positions around and, and also likewise with the, those 4.5 slots you know with the kids so whether it's Wickham or, or Greenwood or whoever um, I think It's a position where we're just going to need to keep a really close eye because there's not a lot of different price points. There's kind of a couple of really clearly delineated ones. And so Mm. it will be, I I imagine we will probably see quite quick movement on those, especially the 6.5, because I think we are likely to see a lot of teams that have at least one player in that price point. So if someone comes out of the gates really quickly scoring, they might only do it that first week. But, you know, um I think there'll be a bandwagon.
0: Yeah, but a lot of bandwagons probably are yeah, good there's there is tears at the position, all right. Um in a moment we'll move on to our listener questions, or quick fire round for, for our listener questions. But um, Marzi, um I believe one thing we're cognizant of is that sometimes on podcasts we do seem to, we speak like we assume that people are really kind of expert in the game and have played for a long time but Marzi, you've got a few kind of pointers for giving a little bit of advice to people if they are starting off or if they're wanting to kind of improve their FBL game Um, do you want to give them to us and also then maybe you could give us the listener um, code for the listener league as well for those who want to join us
2: Yeah, sure. Look, Like like we said, we sometimes think um, um, everybody knows the game, but um, and also just a refresher, right? So, things will never be the same again. It's just the beginning, it's not the end. Uh, Things will never be the same again. It's not a secret anymore. Now FPL has opened the door. You kiss goodbye to your Saturday and Friday evenings and Sunday evenings and even Monday night. So, the first point is, don't let it control your life. Remember it's a game, and don't let it control your moods. If, if you get angry about Captain Pickle, or as Kylie just said, sometimes you could get the wrong player, just don't worry about it. Switch off. Go enjoy your your evening with family, friends, whatever, and then come back again. And remember that it's a marathon. It's a marathon, not a sprint. That's what we said before we quit. But don't, don't get, be left behind either because <laughs> at the beginning sometimes, right? So this is the second point. At the, be- at the beginning, you might need to sprint, and then it's a marathon. So be careful of the players that emerge. Uh, be careful um, of uh, of players that are not playing that you have in your team, and, and just act quickly. Uh, the other thing is you um, just have a little patience. We all will be hurting from the points that we lost or feeling the frustration. Uh, that all that pain. So what what you don't want to be saying is whatever I said, what, whatever I did, I didn't mean it. I want you back. I want you back. I want you back for good, right? So <laughs> had to get you got know, yeah. <laughs> you got you got go sell Kane and then he, he bangs in the hat trick. So don't sell too quickly. Have, have have something in your mind that you say I'm going to give them four games, unless they get injured or red carded, right? Now the other point is when you try your best but you don't succeed. When you get what when you get what you want but not what you need. When you feel so tired but you can't sleep. Suck in reverse. When the tears come streaming down your face because you lose FPL points and that you can't replace, when you love a player that you don't have, <laughs> what could it be worse? The wild card will guard you home and the wild card will fix you. Don't be scared of using the wild card. It's there for a reason. You don't have to use it after four game weeks. You don't have to use it after eight. But you also don't have to wait until December. It's your team. It's your way or the hard way, not our way. And the five one is... You know, sometimes you, you might be thinking that the, your loneliness is killing you because, you know, you must confess that you still believe that you're the only one that don't have that player. So when you don't have that player, don't be scared of taking hits. Hit me, baby, one more time. It's, it's You know, it's a game. Take a hit, take a minus four, take a minus eight. Otherwise, you'll be left behind. So don't be scared of hits. Those are my five pointers for yeah. newbies or refreshers.
0: Thanks, and... Uh, and, and for anyone out there who isn't that familiar with trashy pop music, um, Marzi just brought you on a fabulous, fabulous tour of inside his head. <laughs> that is Boys.
3: exactly what his head looks like.
0: Yeah, take that. Um, Britney Spears, Neely, a big fan, yeah?
1: Ah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I Neil, some people think I'm bonkers, but day. I just think I'm free. I listened to Back Good the other day, so... I, I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah um, Marzi tell the tell our listeners uh, what the code is for our league that you can um, that they can join
2: yeah, so and see,
0: match their match their talents against the best
2: absolutely come and beat the amigos and amiga um, and our reigning champion pool at FBL Sky Player. so the league code is on our Twitter timeline it's on our uh, profile but it's uh, uh, DJKKL9
0: cool thanks a million Marzi uh, let's move on to listener questions. Um, so rapid fire, no more than one minute per answer. And I'm going to be strict on that. OK, so, that is um, so
3: pointed towards me and Marcy. I know that.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, Adam P at three, five, who um, was asking basically who is the one template player? I'll come to you first, Kylie. Um, one template player that you think will disappoint in game week one and one non template you think will surprise.
3: I could totally, because there's so much talk about double Liverpool defence and I know it's Norwich and I know they're at home and I have complete faith in them, sure, but on the other hand... Don't say it. Don't don't say it. I'll leave it there, I think. You know what I was going to say. So there could potentially be heartbreak. Um, Non-template player surprise uh, comes back to actually what Neil was saying earlier, I think the likes of Delafeu or Dini. Now, Um, they have a a home match to Brighton to to kickstart. Watford do start well. Brighton have been a little bit suspect, as we know. Um, Delafoe is at about 13%, so um, he's not what we would call a strict differential, but he's far from template. And Dini's only at about 3%. So I could see one of them coming out of the gates pretty strongly in the first game week um, and then causing that scramble I talked about when everyone who owns King is crying and then jumping on one of them for a game week two.
0: Excellent. Thanks, Curly. And um, how about yourself, Neil? Can you use a template uh, that we you think might disappoint and one non-template you think might surprise?
1: I think Everton defence um, is, is, is risky. I mean, I'm still considering doubling up on it, um, but I could quite easily see Palace uh, scoring in that first game. Um, but I don't know, like people going with Dini not not necessarily kind of expecting a nailed-on clean sheet in that game. But I still think that yeah, that that that's one that definitely looks like shaking. Um, in terms of a pick that could do well, I think I, I think it will be an Arsenal player. I think, like Aubameyang. He, you know, they're playing Newcastle first game week. He could get a brace, and then all of a sudden they're at home to Burnley. Um, so I think that Aubameyang could probably shake up. Uh, or shake a few trees. Um, Lucas Moura as well could could easily score in the first game week. Um, maybe even cement his place in the side ahead of Son coming back from suspension. So those are a few that I'm kind of watching. Great stuff. And uh, how about yourself, Mersey?
2: We all know Sterling is not starting, right? We know by now, right? He's going to be rotated first game, just just mm-hmm. because Pep knows. And uh, no, it would probably be one of the big, big uh, you know, uh, I can see Norris scoring as well, or, or anything. These things happen. M- more interesting is the ones that we're not talking about. Completely agree with Adam about, uh, sorry Neil, about because um, Adam said the same thing. I think about Arsenal, right? Um, Playing a team that is absolutely unsettled, then they have a nice uh, home game, but then they do have some some tough games. I think Kane is not being talked a lot about. Um, maybe people are starting to talk about Aguero is another one that we're not talking a lot about. Just because maybe he's not back yet, but then he could be—he could surprise us all. Um, you can see the player whoever whoever scores in the charity shield will be will be probably the number one pick for most people, and that's not what normally happens. But yeah,
0: yeah, no, very good point there with the charity shield. It's always the way. Um, that's what Aguero did to us last season, wasn't it? But um, the Indeed. let me see here, Morpheus. I'll give this to you, Neil. Uh, Morpheus Fire was asking, uh, given the size of Wolves' squad, how would do you expect the Europa League to affect their FPL performance this season? And thanks again for the awesome treads. Although we're not to call you the Tread king, I know Neil. And um, oh, yeah. I know, I know, I did that in the getting to know you episode, didn't I?
1: No, I, I can. Uh, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Wolves are wait and see for me. Just generally, I don't think like their fixtures are. They're not amazing out the gate. Definitely need to kind of see, wait and see on on what happens with Europa League. We all know what happened to Burnley previously. I think a, a couple of their players as well are like, Jimenez for me, like I, I think, yeah, I mean, he probably justifies the 7.5 tag. But there is quite a lot of interesting options at 6.5. Um, and if all the Chelsea strikers come in at seven, I think that well, we've already seen Giroud come in there. That I think there's going to be there's going to be options below that price point that are going to be interesting enough that we don't need to go for Jimenez straight off the bat. So I'm going to avoid him. Yotta uh, is probably the the only one I else I would consider, but. Again, like it looks like they've been linked with Diego Costa, but it looks like they might still sign another striker. I think Den Donker for me at 4.5, like I said, great option. So I'm kind of happy to just sit on him and then wait and see on the rest of them. But you know, if they perform like they did last year and they're they're up in like four, fifth, sixth, seventh, competing around that area, then they definitely have some great options emerge from an FPL Mm. perspective. But I'm a wait and see for now. Awesome. Great stuff. Um, FBL Al Pacino
0: at FBL Al Pacino was asking, uh, sorry, Kylie, um, best 6 million and other midfield options. So um, who are you going for
2: there?
3: Oh, see, this is hard, and I, I've said it a few times. I really don't like this bracket from 4.5 to 6 million. I think... It's not that I don't think that attractive options will emerge. I'm absolutely sure that some will. It happens every year. But I think they're really hard to identify at this stage. Um, I mean, there's a few options. I don't know enough about Villa's players at the moment, um, but there are, they do have options there if they can come out of the gate reasonably well. Obviously, that's starting not a great fixture with Tottenham. Um Elgazi and Grealish, yeah. Yeah, Grealish. and then they've got this guy McGinn at 5.5, um, and apparently he did really well in the championship, but gets a lot of yellow cards. I think he got like 14 last year. Um, in looking at this space, I think coming back maybe to Watford, Pereira and De uh, Pereira started really strongly last year, um, and then actually stopped scoring the minute I brought him into my team. And then actually I remember selling him and then he started scoring again. So he's not really good luck charm for me, but he did start well. He's 6 million, which is, you know, I think people would probably be more interested in in, um, De or Dini for the forward position at just 0.5 more. And I would agree with that. But I think that they aren't the worst options. Um, They both had pretty good seasons last year, you know, at, at that sort of price Again, I think it's really a, a wait-and-see for me on that. I'd either be going for the 6.5 slot um, with your sort of Tillemans, Perez, whoever, Brooks, or your Dendonka, Dale Stevens kind of character at 4.5.
1: Pereira actually got a brace as well at home against Brighton last year as well, which, which really yeah. cool.
3: That was the one that made me bring him in. <laughs>
2: I didn't, there will uh, always be that player that scores in the first game that people will jump on, mm-hmm. and then they do nothing. Well, Godongan is one.
0: Godongan is another one that's um, a cheap, cheap fellow who'll who'll do things in patches. Um, I'd like to see even uh, speaking of young players was uh, Foden from Man City as well. I've, he's a quality young player, but it's kind of hard to see where he's going to get his opportunities, or instead of who. Um, but yeah, it's a difficult price bracket to um, to get real value out of, right? Um Marzi, can I come to you? Um, Flapjack FBL was asking, and uh, was saying, welcome back. Uh, will any of you be considering no Salah? And if so, will you use that triple up with VVD, TA and Robbo? And I know you mentioned that you think that you, you need to have a Liverpool attacker, whether or not yeah. it's Salah or not.
2: Yeah, I just think three at the back for Liverpool. It's just too overkill Um You'll feel absolutely sick with one with one one conceded goal. You might still get that attacking returns, but I just think for me, you will want to jump on Asala or Omana for the whole for the rest of the season. Um, they they season keepers, so it's a wasted spot, and it's difficult to then upgrade depending on what other players that you have in midfield um, to bring in Salah Omana. So no, for me, yeah. two defenders is max.
0: Good stuff. Um, ignorant player, Kylie. Um, ignorant player was asking if I have to choose between Madison, Tielemans or Siggy, who's the better option? Um, not taking into consideration their price. So if you, if price is no object, who are you going for among them three?
3: So I, I have briefly touched on all three of them during the pod, um, and and indicated that. Tillemans and Siggy are my preferred, two. I think that there's just cause for going for Madison. He did do well last year. His underlying stats were very impressive. And given that it was his breakthrough season, you know, many will expect that he will probably live up more to the hype and, and deliver on, um, you know, his cre- creativity more so than he did. But I, I really like Tillemans. But my, my top pick here really would be Siggy Yes, he's more expensive, but, you know, I think that's justified. He does have pedigree in fantasy football in in the Premier League. He is almost consistently in the, the top few players, scoring players. So, you know, I think there was like one season when he got 150 points, but for several seasons he's got about 180-something, which is crazy when we think about it, given that he's only 8 million. So, he does have all of the set pieces. Everton did finish really well last season and they do have a great run to start. So I think in that third midfield slot, he is my favoured choice, regardless of budget.
0: Good stuff. Thanks, Kate. Um, FP FB- Gail Miller um, was asking Mars now we've kind of touched on some of this, but I will reframe it slightly at the end. He was saying, Welcome back, guys, with the fixtures Liverpool and City have. It seems almost essential, sorry, for using that word, uh, to go with players like Sala and Sterling. Should we be considering Kane given his track record a new reduced price at the expense of one of these? So um Marzi, the Kane you you were saying that in your draft at the moment you have Kane in there and you have the the two guys um in your in your team but like is it a thing that you want to have the three of those um and if you were going for Kane and you had to sacrifice one of the two Sterling or Salah um who would you be looking to sacrifice to start off the season
2: it's a tough one. It's a really tough one because I think Salah will start all the games for Liverpool if fit. I can't say the same about Sterling. However, Sterling last season smashed it. And 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 when he didn't when he didn't start, he scored in in games. You know he's he's so explosive. It's ridiculous the way City play. So it's really really tough to call it between two. Hours. I say it depends on the rest of your players. It depends if you have an Aguero, so you don't need Sterling. It depends if you have Mane, so you don't need Salah. It depends if you trust KDB or not. How fit he is. This is where I would be just making that that option. Um, the reason I want all three is because I love all three, and I think they're explosive. and when I looked at options with that those three, so where can i who else can I upgrade to be honest, the only player that I, like I said that I miss is Siggy, so I could have Siggy and downgrade, but but then then it's who do I want more Kane or siggy it's not cho- it's, it's not even a brain for me who I want more out of those two, but of course, with the balance of the team and everything, you know does Sigi plus somebody else. Versus Kane plus Bendonka, give me the same. That's where I need to decide. Uh, but also, maybe my wish to have a premium forward. So it, it's really tough to, uh, to, to say out of Salah and Sterling, who would you choose? Because if, if, last season, I, even as a Liverpool fan, sometimes I was a little bit frustrated with Salah, but yet he delivered and he always continues to deliver. And I still think he will continue to deliver. But again, hmm. Mane will match him. With that, adapt the way he plays. Just yeah,
0: he's he will back. once once so, he's playing. Once he's exactly, back. Exactly,
2: yeah. exactly. I have no doubt. So just see. I would say you start with those two at a minimum, the season, and then you move forward. I looked at downgrade, downgrading Sterling to KDB as much as I love KDB. Is he going to match Sterling? I don't think so. Now he could score the first game and Sterling not, and then people will say, oh, you see. But over over the first five games, I guarantee. Well, I can't guarantee, but I think Sterling will do better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. The uh, Next up, we have Admin Spa, and this one's for you, Neil. Um, I feel sure Vardy is going to be big this season. Um, Serious bargain at 9 mil, do you agree? And if not, then who up front instead of him? So you did go through the different forward options earlier on, but what's your thoughts
1: on Vardy? Yeah, I do agree. I think he definitely has potential to be a bargain this season. I'm not so keen on Leicester's opening fixtures. I think they have like the worst... Eight opening fixtures of any side. Of course, you can counter that with the argument that body does well against the top teams um, because of the way that Leicester played. Um, but we have to consider that Brendan Rodgers is now the manager. They play a very different type of football now. It's not a fast, necessarily the same kind of quick counter attack, get body on the break behind those defenses and the the matches that Rodgers played as Leicester manager last season they're all kind of against lesser opposition so we, we're yet to kind of see how they'll set up against some of the better teams so I'm not convinced that Vardy necessarily will keep up his great scoring record um so at the beginning I'm not so keen but I think if you look at it over the season will nine million turn out to be a good price for him I definitely think so and one of the, the the major reasons for that, for me as well, is that now they've signed Perez, now they've signed Tielemans, you know, and you're looking at those options in the midfield and you're throwing Madison as well and you think, you know, who should I go for? And it's a bit of a minefield. What's nice is that Vardy's going to benefit from all of those um Hmm. so you know he's going to have increased service Leicester are going to score goals next season um and he's going to be the man up top and also what's interesting is under Rodgers he actually became a more creative force as well he was actually creating as many chances as those midfielders but obviously scoring a lot more as well so yeah ultimately over the season I think nine million will prove to be a very good price for Vardy I'm not sold on him yet at the beginning
2: I agree with, uh, with Neil, but just what, actually, I agree on Vardy, but I disagree on Rogers. Having watched him for Liverpool, it's all about pace. It's all about getting the ball. Actually, what Rogers can't do is def- get a team to defend, which is why I'm staying away from every single Leicester defender, no matter who they sign, 4.5 or 5 or 6. But attacking-wise, I'm really excited to see what they can do. I still think they will be fast, and I still think Vardy will work really well. Now, we talk a lot about cover. And sometimes there is a myth because can you really cover Sterling with a, with a silver? Probably not. But when it comes to Leicester, Vardy is not really... It, although he scores consistently, I wouldn't say he's the most explosive, right? This could be different this year. Whereas you, you just said that he will he will benefit. So if you could argue that a Tielemans, Telem- uh, a, um, a Madison or a Perez could actually cover for Vardy because they will be assisting. So you're missing one point, but they might get the bonus points, right? So I think you need... May, I mean, you could easily go double up because it could be the, Fraser, the new Fraser-Wilson um, partnership, but you could argue, okay, if, if you're not sure and you're not sure about value because it is 1 million a million, and you can save a lot of money by going down to, I don't know, well, a million going down to Wilson or even more going down to 6.5 and having a midfielder, you could argue that they could cover for each other.
1: Sure thing. No, I'd agree with that. I think Perez is the one to watch, right? Like, if Perez is going to get double figures in goals this season, then, yeah, you know, at 6.5, two and a half million cheaper than Vardy, he's going to be the de facto option, right? Absolutely. I I, I agree with you. Like, the one to watch in that case is Perez. And where does he play? How does he fit in? And how does he get going at the beginning, right?
2: Exactly. And he scored 12 at Newcastle. Newcastle don't score a lot. So I'm really interested to see what, what what that what's that attack. Leicester could be the new kind of wolves attack, if you like,
0: this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, let me see here. We have oh FBL Canada was asking um what player do we see gaining the most monetary value over the course of the season? Uh come to you first, Kay, just um give me the player you think we um, will get the most price rises, I guess.
3: Um, okay. Well this is a bit tough because uh, right. It's just
0: a punch, I, really. It's
3: just yeah. I like it. yeah. Um, I it's I, it's usually a cheap, cheapish player, right? Because there's low barriers to entry. So, um, it, I think that there's scope for the Chelsea forward, whoever that might be. Hopefully Giroud, um, but mm-hmm. it very well might not be if we get a consistent starter in that position at circa seven million for a premium club and they actually get going and continue to score, we could see substantial rises there because it's just unprecedented to have access to that at that price for that club. But much depends on how they play and and who is playing there. But I could see that happening.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Um, I think yeah, Chelsea definitely the most expensive Chelsea player being seven and a half is um, is pretty much unheard of. Pulisic is actually one that um, is somebody I want to keep an eye on and see how he fits in and whether he kind of fills that Hazard role and whether because he definitely has the quality. Um, Perez would be probably the man we were speaking about a minute ago. There, I think at his price, he could well turn out to be a big big uh, jumper. In Price. Um, How about yourself, Neil? Um, Have you got any other names for us? People that maybe, if somebody wants to build value, who they'd want to get on early?
1: Yeah, I'll go for Chelsea as well, but I'll probably go for the number 10. So I think the Ross Barkley um, could be interesting at 6 mil. Um, That's one that I've definitely got my eye on. I could definitely see him going up in value, especially while Loftus-Cheek is out as well. The the other player that I'm really interested in who hasn't even been added to the game yet is actually Reese Nelson, um, for Arsenal, um, I, I actually have this just gut feeling, really, that he could emerge as one of the best budget midfielders in the game. Um, but yet to get a price on him, so so not, no idea yet. So I'll go for Barkley, but but Monerton, uh, Nelson.
2: Uh, I really love the Chelsea players again. I know we, just because of their prices, so RLC and also Cho. Um, the way Lampard has talked about those players and the way he's done the stuff at Derby and the fact that they can't sign any players, I think we will see a lot of value coming out of these players. The other one I think where um, I can see uh, Dendonka going up if he does well to start with because people will just jump on him because he's 4.5 if they don't have him.
0: Yeah. Um, but the let me see who else we got here. Um uh, Matt, uh, cheers. Lowy was this one's for you, Mars. Uh, this is a very simple one on a scale of one to essential. Is TAA a 12? 15. <laughs> 15. Uh, what is more essential to a successful FBL season? TAA or T3A?
2: Absolutely, T3A, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and uh, the let me see here. Oh, yeah. D- Dylan Nadoc was asking, Neil, this is for you. And it's in reference to our getting to know you episode. And um, and well, we, we won't talk about it anymore, Kylie. OK, but um, why wasn't Beardsley <laughs> mentioned alongside Andy Cole in terms of your uh, your players that you would. What was it? What was what was the question that, that uh, Andy Cole came up in? Is it your favorite player that you'd like to have in your FBL team?
1: Yeah, I said I would. I would pick Andy Cole as an FPL option because he got thirty-four goals in the in the first mm. season in the Premier League. Um, Beardsley, Beersley wasn't bad either. No, he. I mean, he wasn't bad, right? Like Newcastle, like Newcastle, been blessed with good strikers uh, around that time. Um, I like Beardsley was great. Um, I. I always liked out-and-out goal scorers more than anything, which is why I liked Andy Cole and Alan Shearer is one of my all-time favourite players as well. Um, and actually Sir Les Ferdinand as well um, was also one of my favourites. But yeah, Beardsley, great player. Um, but I actually preferred the out-and-out goal scorers. Good stuff. Carly,
2: do you know who Beardsley is? Or
3: shall we not ask? Oh, my mute button's not working. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. uh, La- so Don't, Mars, have are, we got, have we got any more questions
2: yeah there are two questions um, that came um, along as well so uh, actually uh, to Neil uh, they they asking about your strategy so your strategy for those who played their second wildcard early saved my season this is coming from FBL filthy casual at filthy casual uh, so I would like to know if you have an outline plan for this season wildcard yet a so bit early but do you, do you have a
1: plan? I've looked at it, right? I've looked at like when would be a good time to play that first one. Last season, I didn't play it until like there was four weeks left until I had to play it, right? So I, I optimized December last year. I always like to set up with like no plan in mind, um, or at least go as long as I can without playing it. But I definitely had a look um as to when could be good. I think my biggest realization was. A lot of people were saying, if you want to play an early wild card, play it in the first international break. Um, so I had a look at that. And actually, for me, that's not an appealing time at all. I'd rather play it in the second one, which is after game week eight, because mm-hmm. if you look at after game week four, which is when the first one happens, the teams that have good fixtures in the first four game weeks are the teams that have the best fixtures in the next four game weeks. So you're basically going to be selling a lot of the players that you want to keep and if you think about it, you're going to have a lot of, you know, five at least probably players from City and Liverpool anyway. And then you're going off fixtures because how else do you set up your team before game week one? So all of a sudden you're, you're selling players that you're going to want. And yeah, maybe Leicester players will emerge, but they have terrible fixtures. Um, so you're really going to buy them ahead of like three out of the top, you know, three top four games in the next four games. I just don't buy that. So I, I think an early wild card this season probably wait until like game week eight or something like that. I I just I, I think you could probably build a bit of value by going early, but I don't see a strong case for it really. Mm,
2: yeah, I'm 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 looking at considering like a mini wild card. So after the third game, do a minus four three players, especially if something emerges around the four four point five or one of those premiums that does, you know, we talked about it, somebody does really well or something like that. But definitely I don't have a plan right now where sometimes I used to do where I'd say, right well, after one game, I'm going to jump off Kane and go to Boomerang and then back onto Kane, not doing anything like that. Don, uh, what's your thought? Any thoughts on what are you planning for an early wildcard or are you just going to see how it goes?
0: It's literally uh, see how it goes. I know temptation, and when I'm looking at my team, I guess I look at the first four game weeks as a bit of a block, and because um, I don't want to go making any radical changes in in those four weeks, it's kind of just a little bit of an adjustment. But yeah, um, no, no, I wouldn't have any specific plan. But um, I, I do agree with Neil saying there, the fixture turnaround does mean that the waiting for till kind of that game week eight break would be um, would be the looks like being the better strategy for
2: me what about you Kylie any thoughts on any difference
3: um no my thinking was the same as as Neil's there I don't like to forward plan for a wild card but I have looked at the fixtures myself and have seen similar suggestions about an early wild card for the first international break and I think it's really counterintuitive to do that for exactly the reasons that he said I mean the fixture swing comes later for the next international (laughs) break so there's it, it just makes sense to use the free transfers that you have to rectify any minor mistakes that you might make and then hold off at, at, at that point, you would have conceivably more, much more information and also be able to take advantage of fixture swings to make substantial changes to your team that you won't then regret, regret the next day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And last question coming from FBL, that, at that FBL again, Neil, um, can you justify not having any Man City attacking options like Sterling and or Aguero? Fear of pep roulette, uh, roulette rotation, too many mouths to feed at City. Uh, does having a more balanced
1: team sway you without having both Salah and Sterling? Um, my short answer is no. Like I, I, I won't go without them, especially City. I mean, if I talked earlier about the teams that have started the season the best in the last three years. I think City's record in those games is 18 games played, first six games in the last three seasons. They've won 16 of them and drawn two, and they've scored like 50 goals or something like that. They always are mm-hmm. flying out of the blocks. There is no way that I'm going to go without a, a City attacking asset. I think Liverpool, as they showed last year, can be a bit slow out of the blocks um from an attacking sense. But I still think that... I I do want an attacking option from both. So I will have Salah. I will have Sterling. I, I, I'm happy to pay um for him over Aguero. And, and like I said earlier, I think I think Sterling really has the potential to kick on even further this year, add more goals to his game and potentially be the highest point scorer in the game. So no, City and Liverpool... And Liverpool are second on that chart, by the way. So, you know, City and Liverpool start the strongest every year. So I, I want a, a, an attacking player from both. Kylie, what about yourself? Could
2: you could you see yourself going with that city attack?
1: No.
0: No. Short no. no. short sure, 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 short answer no because as much as they have more mouths to feed they also have more food.
2: <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah. I'll make it a full house absolutely not. Yeah, at worst you go with a with a De Bruyne or a Silva. Um, if you don't want if you can't if you want to save for money for Sterling or Aguero but you absolutely need somebody from that midfield It's just ridiculously mm. good. Yeah. That's all done. Over uh, to that's you. all
0: great stuff. Um, normally, this section of the show we would look at our captain picks and our punt of the week. Now we're a little bit—we're obviously a good way away before the season starts, but um, but because I am I am departing off to France at the end of the week, I will will be will be gone basically up till the start of the season, and we'll just have to make do with this episode and a getting to know you episode as well uh, coming up in the next week or so. But um, let's let's quickly, I suppose, um, look at who. We are looking at for our game week one captain picks at the moment. My money's on Salah, but um, Mars, are you on Salah? or Are you going Sterling or even Kane perhaps? In, between uh, in Salah and Kane, one?
2: between Salah and Kane, I want to see how how Salah is in the preseason, how well we do, you know, how the charity shield is looking. Uh, but I might just want to enjoy the Nor- the Liverpool Norwich game on Friday and just go for a different captain. I think will be uh, with Kane, maybe.
1: But I don't yeah. Know. Um, and how about yourself, Neil? Uh, Salah. And uh, I don't imagine that I won't be going for him. If I had Kane, I would be considering him, but I don't. So for me, Salah is the, the obvious choice right now. Good stuff. And how about yourself, Cody?
3: Ditto. I'm not going to, uh, unless there's some substantial reason that emerges why I shouldn't yeah, so. look at him as captain. He, he yeah. seems an obvious pick.
0: He does indeed. Uh, Great stuff. So we have a clean sweep there. And let me see here. What else we got? Oh, yes. We want to look at the to wrap up the show at Punt of the Week. So that's what we're going to be doing on the podcast this season. So um, Punt of the Week, only rule for it, you must be less than 10% owned. So um, come to you first on Neil. Neil. Who would be as this is kind of our listening question earlier on to do with um, who we think might surprise, I guess. But um, what player do you really fancy um, that would be that's looking like going to be ten less than ten percent to own, but that you think could really have a fantastic game week one? Uh, I think Lucas Mora
1: is the the standout uh, choice. Um, so for me, I would go with Lucas. Uh, Lee, great stuff. And uh, Marzi, how about
2: yourself? I really like the Mora pick. Uh, but uh, to, to go somewhere different, I'd go with Lacazette.
0: Good stuff, yeah. The alternative to Aubameyang, he always will be. Um, but uh, how about yourself, Cody?
3: My my pick, my punt was Lucas Moura as well. He's only 6.5% owned. Very short term, unless he can nail himself down. But, I mean, that fixture looks really good and he seems pretty nailed to play the first week. So, yeah.
0: Great stuff. Um, I don't know who I'll go for, but I'm sure, sure I'll stick it in on Moura as well. Because um, I do have a, I have a strong suspicion that he's going to do great, and um, with Spurs' early fixture list, he could be a bit of a budget alternative to um, to having to try to fit in Kane at the top of your. Uh at the top of your team, um, but folks, that's all we got time for in tonight's show. Thanks very much, Neil, for joining us. We have been, of course, the three amigos. You can find us at Three Amigos FBL on Twitter. Mars, you can find at Mars 5 Kylie, you can find at Kylie FBL, and myself, you can find at the Marple Curse. Neil, of course, you can find at Ron He's a fantastic follow on Twitter, and of course, he's uh, he's famous for his treads. But um, but he's definitely, as you will find in our getting to know you episode and tonight. He's a top bloke as well. Do share and like the podcast as it helps us spread our Amigo message throughout the FBL world. Best of luck in game week one. Adios, Amigos.